What's up, y'all? Colby here. Uh, no, Aaron, who I believe, if I put this out when I think I'm going to put it out, is out of town for a couple weeks. I'm also out of town this week. Uh, and David and Maverick, I'm sure, are busy. So we're taking a couple weeks breaks from the normal podcast. But I have with me friend of the show, Michael Coe. We're going to talk about conference realignment, everybody's favorite topic. Michael, how's it going? It's going good, Colby. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to talk about the uh, grand NCAA realignment plan that will totally work and make everyone happy. It'll make me happy, yes. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> but I do think that there are some people who would not be happy <laughs> with some. Oh, of these for stories. sure, for sure. So, what made you uh, want to write this? Um, you know, I had been thinking I had just posted on my blog for the first time in like five months earlier about um, Oakland sports. Um, and I was trying to think about something else to something else that I could write. And I, um, I had thought back to just something that I had put on Twitter just in my like stream of consciousness uh, rate of tweeting. I was just like NCAA realignment was a mistake. And like a lot of people, including you, were like, yeah, it was. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, this might get some pull. So I just sat down and I only had like a couple of teams in mind, really, uh, when I wrote this. Um, one of which is the school in College Park that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> We're going there first. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, once I, you know, it, it was funny because I, I tried to keep the conferences. I tried to like get the big 12 back to 12 teams because right now it has 10 teams um couldn't really do that with the big 10 there's just too many schools up there but try to keep the pack 12 at 12 so it was kind of an interesting puzzle to sort of work through for sure yeah. i um the best blogs always start from stream of conf <laughs> conscious yeah. uh twitter threads yeah Absolutely. that's what blogging is <laughs> exactly twitter yeah. is just a micro blog yeah yeah so, <laughs> Let's just get into it. For Maryland, sure. Big yep. Ten, coming home. Maryland's coming yeah. home to the It's AC. coming home. <laughs> yeah, this is one. Um, I, I think back to, um, again, this was a major influence on this blog post, but I think back to the 30 for 30 doc. Um, one of my favorite 30 for 30s, which is Requiem for the Big East. Um, and really the big latest spell of realignment all traces back to the collapse of the original big east um the big east football conference specifically and there was this moment it was after syracuse had defected if you will to the acc um where it just showed john thompson um and he just said et tu brute and that's sort of what maryland leaving felt like i mean maryland was a founding member of the conference back in 53 they you know, may not have had the athletic success of UNC or Duke or, you know, even NC State or Florida State, but they had won a national title in men's basketball um, in the ACC. They'd gone to the final four in women's basketball in ACC. Um, the best players in Maryland history, Juan Dixon, Len Bias, uh, you know, Lefty Drizel, the legendary coach. Those were all ACC. Alex they, Lynn. Alex Lynn, Yes. <laughs> Thank you, John Henson, for that moment. Uh, th they were an ACC fixture. And so, you know, them leaving, you understand why the Big Ten would want them in so they could get that DMV market, right, um, to capitalize on that. But it, it, it even, gosh, what is it, seven years after the fact, um, it still doesn't feel right. I don't think for the Big Ten or for the ACC. It, no. it doesn't feel right for the ACC to be without the Terps as much as people love to hate them there. They need to be in the conference. <laughs> it just, it feels right having Maryland there. And those I really, really loved, especially when we were growing up, those Maryland Duke games. And I've oh, yeah. this before those Maryland yeah. Duke games were always fun yeah. because those teams do not like each other <laughs> like, not at all yeah. it's not like a it's not like a respect thing it's like we're good y'all are good it's like no this is um this is some good old-fashioned hate <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah steve blake jj reddick it doesn't get better get, get any better than that absolutely so i 100 percent endorse 
Maryland coming back to the ACC. And, and even, you know, even beyond, uh, you know, Duke, Maryland, I mean, the Maryland had rivalries with all three of the triangle teams. When you think about it, I mean, I always hated, you know, watching UNC as a kid, I always hated playing in college park. Cause it seemed like UNC never did well in college park, you know, Grievous Vasquez, like putting up a triple double on us and beating us in 09, making me cry. Bad days, man. Um, bad, bad days. And also yeah. some, college park, it feels like the, on TV, it feels like the crowd is on top of you. Yeah. Like in a different way than like some of the other, uh, like historic, like it doesn't, I don't get that feeling from Allen. I guess you're, you're forced to get that feeling at camera just from how small it is. Yeah. But, um, the arena in Maryland is not like a, a small venue, Mm-mm. but they yeah. pack that thing full of students and it's always rocking. Yeah, when they get that wide shot of the student section and it's just like this whole wall of people in like gold and red, it's it's pretty amazing. My cousin actually goes to um Maryland College Park. He's not a huge athletic, he's not a huge sports guy, but I've been trying to sort of slowly inch him towards the turbs because I know he'd have a great time. <laughs> So do you see this ever happening, actually, Maryland coming back? No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think the Big Ten would be loath to decapitalize on the DMV market. And I think that, you know, when they left, they burned a lot of bridges, I think, because, it you know, it's one thing if, like, uh, say, Pitt leaves or Syracuse leaves because they've hardly been here at all. But Maryland had been here for uh, over six over sixty years, yeah, yeah, and so they definitely hurt a lot of feelings by leaving. So it would be, if they do come back, it would be, I think, it would be a long time from now if that ever happened. Rutgers, Big Ten <laughs> going to the American. I yeah. endorse this hundred percent of the yeah. way. <laughs> so th- this is big. Sa- this is a big sad thing. Like, uh, oh yeah. I mean, Rutgers made the NCAA tournament in men's basketball this year, and then they lost in the first round. And it was like the greatest athletic accomplishment in Rutgers history in the past like 10 years. Uh, <laughs> um, since, they, since they invented football, it's the best right. thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and, you know, they would have gone to the tournament probably in 2020 had that not been canceled. But, right, right. you know, that, that is what it is. But anyway... If you've ever watched a Rutgers football game, one, I'm sorry, but two, they do not belong in the Big Ten. I mean, they're playing Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State, and these are, you know, teams that are routinely going to be in the top 25, and Rutgers just does not resemble a Power 5 program. They, you know, they would get beaten by a majority of Sun Belt teams, I feel like. Like App State against Rutgers, App State would give them the belt. Yeah, as you are fond of saying, oh, like, they, absolutely, it would. Yeah. Like, and what's kind of like you said, big sad about Rutgers is it doesn't seem like the the brass at Rutgers is very interested in being competitive, right? At at the foot at football and men's basketball, the the revenue sports. Yeah, it feels like they are content to just keep taking Ohio State's money exactly. every year. Yeah, because they make money. <laughs> Um, and you know, this is, you know, this is one that's some, that I feel like is even less feasible than Maryland coming back to the ACC because no self-respecting athletics program is going to drop from, is going to willingly drop from a power five conference to a group of five conference. The only way that would happen is if, you know, we somehow brought, um, uh, you know, promotion and relegation from like Premier League. Hey, um, hey, hey! Don't steal my next blogs coming out. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see. I would love to see. It. I'm just saying that th- that's one that would never. You know, the amount of money that Rutgers would lose would just be catastrophic. And you know, they've already been kind of losing money anyway. The fact that they were losing money was why they moved from the Big East to Big Ten in the first place. <laughs> I legit started pre-writing that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, man! I'd read it. Uh, but yeah, I, they're never going to move down to the American and I don't know. I, I feel bad for that. Those three diehard record sports fans right. <laughs> who are going through it. Thomas Marshall, if you're listening, New, New Jersey sports fan, uh, I, I'm sorry, but Rutgers has to go. They got to go <laughs> West Virginia to the big 10. 
Yeah. So this one, I feel like it, it felt like a reach at the time. Um, I was just doing it because the geography of it, of West Virginia being in the Big 12 is just so outrageous. Like it makes no sense if you look at a map of the U.S. I mean, their closest Big 12 conference team is Iowa State and they are over 800 miles away. Um, so, you know, like the amount of money they're probably spending on plane tickets and air, you know, and um, other travel expenses probably just through the roof. But hey, if you're in the Big 12, you probably get a hefty paycheck. But uh, geographically, which was a big motivator for a lot of my decisions, because I'm a geography nerd. Thank you, Sporkle. Um, they just work better in the Big 10 for me because, uh, you know, right away, once you drop them in, they have rivalries with Penn State, Ohio State, uh, Indiana and Purdue are right there. Um, so yeah, that one, that one is just pure geography because West Virginia has done well in the big 12 in the revenue sports. Mm -hmm. I believe they won, uh, the big 12 tournament one year in men's basketball, and they've always been a competitive program in football. Um, so I'm sure they wouldn't want to leave the big 12 because they've made a home there, but, um, to just scratch my geography itch, I would move them to the big 10. <laughs> and just really quickly, I do feel like for a weird reason, West Virginia men's basketball really meshes well with the other big oh, 12. It yeah, uh, it does. It's weird, right? It, it, <laughs> the vibe, like they kind of feel like a Texas Baylor sort of thing. Yeah. They're, they're in West Virginia. Yeah. But I want to pair uh, West Virginia going from the big 12 to the big 10 with Pitt. <laughs> right. <laughs> from the ACC to the big 10 to bring yeah. back that rivalry. Yeah. So this was another motivator is that, you know, you make one move, you, you make one, it's like chess, you make one move to make the next move. And so I think West Virginia would only work in the big 10 if Pitt also went to the big 10. Right. I think anyone who ever played any of the NCAA football games like me and you, misses the backyard brawl. I mean, that was one of the best rivalries in college sports, not just in football, but in any sport, because um, those two programs hated each other. I mean, this is like Cincinnati Xavier level of hatred, uh, mm -hmm. even past, you know, Duke, Maryland for those five years that that was a thing. Um, and I was happy to read, I just read this a few days ago, that they are bringing back um, the football programs are bringing back the backyard brawl for, I, I believe, a three-game series starting two years from now or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's good to see. But if they didn't want to have to keep, you know, doing contract negotiations for three-year home and home and homes, they could always just move to the same conference that's right there and make it an annual fixture, uh, which would be yeah. much simpler. <laughs> They mentioned this on uh, Split Zone Duo, which if you do not listen to that podcast, it is incredible listeners. Um, but uh, Alex Kirshner, who's from up the pit way, uh, he mentioned that the only way, without them moving to the Big Ten, which I doubt is going to happen, the only yeah. way that game keeps happening is if the games are, one, competitive, right. and two, uh, there are no large brawls in the parking lots at these stadiums, <laughs> which is like a real thing because these teams and these fan bases, like it is that yeah. vicious how much yeah. they don't like each other. Yeah. I mean, like it's a backyard brawl and it's literally a backyard brawl. Uh, I mean, you think about the, what's the word? The, like where these two teams are geographically, West uh, Morgantown is in the very north of West Virginia, right where it borders on Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh is right up the road right there. Mm -hmm. So like, these are people who like, they may be neighbors, you know, one's a pit house, one's a West Virginia house. Um, and you have the city school in Pitt with the more rural school in West Virginia. It was just the perfect rivalry. Um, and for that to get taken away again by the collapse of the big East in football was just, it, it, it was one of the worst, um, casualties of realignment in my opinion i mean when i was writing my blog when i was writing the blog piece i you know i revisited i you know when, it, when i was doing my research i revisited one of the most famous backyard brawl games which is in the legendary 2007 college football season number two west virginia is 11 and 0 they've got a home game to basically clinch or excuse me they're 10 and 1 they've got a home game to basically clinch a trip to the bcs championship Pitt comes in there i believe like 
four and seven or something like that. They've got which no means shot that the, the super weapon is always. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they've got no shot at a bowl. This is their Super Bowl. Um, you know, Dave Wanstead. That you know, Shady McCoy. That that was the pit team that had Shady McCoy on it. So you're like, how are they four and seven? But anyway, they play out of their minds. They beat West Virginia, ruin their season. I mean, that's just what you dream about in a rivalry if you're a pit player, and it's what you have nightmares about if you're a West Virginia player. Um, and you know, that stuff hasn't happened in 10 years or something like that. However long it's been since West Virginia, I think nine years, I believe it's been that, ha- that game hasn't happened. Um, and you know how hilarious it would yeah. be if there is like a tight race between like Ohio state has one loss, Penn state has one loss There are two games left for the season and Ohio state has to go to pit. <laughs> it's yes. going to be the funniest game. All oh season. yes. It's going to be hilarious. Oh, yes. It's not going to be any good. It's probably no. going to be a little bit boring, but we're going to watch every second. Cause it's like a horror movie. Yes. You know, you know, Pat Narduzzi would love playing big 10 teams again. I mean, that dude is big 10 through and through. I mean, oh, he, yeah. You look at Narduzzi and you look at Pitt and you're like, this is not an ACC program. This is a Big Ten program. Like, to quote a, an, a hype video that will remain, remain nameless, their hand in the dirt, uh, kick you in the teeth, the football program. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. So do you see any of these moves actually being feasible for, for Pitt or West Virginia? I think the Pitt one is I, I could see Pitt moving feasible. conference. I could see Pitt moving conferences. Um less so with West Virginia. Cause like I said, they've had a lot more success and they just seem to fit in to their conference more Pitt, you know, they've been fine. They haven't been bad, but right. they've not been good either. Um, I'll say this. <laughs> if Pitt figures out a way somehow to get their shit together for like a five to seven year span and they just make a run in the coastal of winning yeah. that championship every year, then it becomes more, I think it gets into those pits people, pit admins heads like, hey, right. this conference, I mean, still got Clemson and Florida State and stuff, but it's still right. a basketball conference. Maybe right. you want to move to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, when you look, when you watch a pit game, it's just kind of depressing because they play in Heinz Field, which is enormous, you know, it, yeah. it mainly hosts the Steelers and just the all almost the entire the entire upper deck and most of the lower bowl is just empty. Just those bright, bright yellow seats, just beaming at you. And, you know, if you're a recruit watching a pit game, like, what are you supposed to think? Like, yeah, you know, Pittsburgh people don't care about pit football. They care about the Steelers. Uh, they care about the penguins, uh, you know, and, and back when Pitt was in the big East, when they had shady and Fitzgerald, you know, that, that stadium was being sold out Saturday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, they've never really fit in to the ACC for me, at least in football. Iowa State, Big 12 to Big 10. Yeah, so this is another one that would be sort of a companion move, I feel like. Um, also, the, I, I just really love the name of the Iowa State-Iowa rivalry because they fight for the Cyhawk Trophy. Uh-huh. That's a badass name. It, it's just like... It's just like the Wand Division of, of sports trophies. They just smashed the two names together. And I was like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, Iowa State, once Nebraska left the Big 12, um, Iowa State was kind of left on an island. Um, and once Missouri left the Big 12, Iowa State was kind of left on an island. So they're kind of like West Virginia when they're they're just kind of up there doing their own thing. Um, and they, And when you think of Iowa, you think that's kind of big 10 country, at yeah. least from an athletic perspective. I mean, Iowa is the Hawkeye state um, and Iowa state, Iowa is, you know, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not like one of the biggest rivalries you would think of. Um, it's there. It, they have yeah, yeah. towards each other. Yeah. I mean like, but neither of us live in Iowa. Right. So sure. we don't, re- we can't really speak on it. Um, so I'm sure the residents of Iowa would tell you, oh, this is the greatest rivalry in college sports. By the um, way, my favorite name for that rivalry is um, El Asico. It's oh my. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite name for, for <laughs> Iowa State, Iowa. That's great. But, but I mean, it just feels wrong to have two schools from the same state that have this crazy rivalry. It just feels weird to have them in different conferences, right? Like yeah. that'd be if Indiana and Purdue were in different conferences or UNC and NC state um, or uh, Clemson and South Carolina, that's called foreshadowing. Um, so yeah, Iowa state, big 12, 
to Big Ten geographically and to sort of and to sort of kindle that rivalry they have with the Hawkeyes. <laughs> I can see in a world of like big time realignment, especially with the with the Big Twelve. Uh, the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. Well, let's talk about this now. Yeah. So the ACC turned a profit this year, mm-hmm. and a, a big part of that was the ACC network really yeah. coming through for, with mm-hmm. that with that revenue. Same shout out to Paul ACC, Beam, right? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Paul. Um, same with the SEC. Same with the Big yeah. Ten. Uh, no one carries the Pac-12 network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so a lot of those games are just you're not going to see them, and the Big Twelve really messed up with letting Texas get the yeah. Longhorn network. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then not really having anything for the Big Twelve, where I was having to watch. I was watching like a big time West Virginia Oklahoma State game mm-hmm. last year on ESPN Plus. Yeah, like, like one of my friends, he uh, he is an Oklahoma alum, and he he was telling me that um, he had to order pay per view to watch Oklahoma and Army uh, in a football game a couple years ago, and that game went to overtime. Army almost beat Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. you know, thousands if not millions of people would had to pay to watch it. And then you think about, you know, Oklahoma, Nebraska, they're bringing back the game of the century um, next year. And that's going to be at noon or 11 a.m. Nebraska time. Yeah, um, let's go ahead so, and roll into that one, by the way. Nebraska yeah. <laughs> going to the Big 12. Yeah, so this is this is one that um, I think if Nebraska could get a do-over, I think they would go back to the Big 12. But you don't get mm-hmm. do-overs when you're making moves of this kind of magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Nebraska made the Big Ten football championship, and I believe their first year in the Big Ten. Happy Scott Frost Day, by the way. Yeah, happy Scott Frost Day. They got obliterated by Wisconsin, and they haven't been back since. Um, and and you, you can see how this one makes sense to a Nebraska booster or to the Nebraska athletic department, right? You're moving. The Big 12 is a good football conference, but the Big 10 at that time was a great football conference. And so you're moving into a conference with Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and you think, oh man, we're going to get all these big time home games. We're going to be super competitive. Um, We're going to, you know, we're going to be in the BCS every year. Instead, what happens is they get boat raced by Ohio State every year. They get boat raced by Michigan every year. And, you know, not a lot of teams get boat raced by Michigan anymore, but they do. Um, so it, it really has not worked out in Nebraska's favor. They gambled on themselves and they've lost big time. And this is to say nothing of, of Nebraska ball, their men's basketball program, who made the tournament for the first time in like 20 years in 2014 and then lost their first game to I can't remember who a Baylor. They lost the first game to Baylor and they haven't been back since. Um, So yeah, this is one where Nebraska, you could see how it made sense to them at the time. Yeah. But in retrospect, it just has not worked out at all. (laughs) Nebraska thinks that they're something that they're not. Mm -hmm. Nebraska. And this is my comparison. And like, you might want to be this school. You might not want to be, Um, but Nebraska (laughs) thinks they're Miami. Yeah. And what, Nebraska forgets is that uh, Miami plays in Miami. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Miami plays in very nice Florida where it's summer all year. There are palm trees everywhere and people want to hang out there for three to four years. Yeah. And that's just not the case at Nebraska where in this era of recruiting, like, yeah, you can bring the dude from UCF in who was getting (laughs) all of like the... I shouldn't call them rejects from Miami, but, <laughs> but like they, they they were getting like the the slightly used players who are in Florida who are still incredibly talented because Florida right. just breeds these players better than anywhere else in the country. Nebraska doesn't have a pipeline like that if they aren't pulling from Oklahoma and Texas, and they are not going to be sealing t- um, uh, prospects from Oklahoma anymore, not anytime soon. Nope. nope. <laughs> so Nebraska, I I can see. Based on who they were, like in the '90s, like I get it. I get wanting to try to go back to those glory days. Carolina's trying it now, so like yeah. I, I yeah. 100% <laughs> get it. But they just they aren't that anymore. And I don't yeah. know if you want to be Miami, but I think Miami's in a better place than Nebraska is right now. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like if it's like if Kansas basketball just up and moved to the Big Ten and started trying to recruit from Chicago um, and Indianapolis. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, Bomani Jones, uh, who we both follow on Twitter, says this all the time. It's really hard to recruit people to come to Kansas willingly. <laughs> and so it's really hard to recruit people even more people to come to Lincoln, Nebraska willingly. And now you're recruiting with uh, schools that are far ahead of you in that regard that are recruiting in areas much closer to them. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, a move that move had very little foresight in it. <laughs> when a sold out stadium becomes the largest city in your state, then maybe yeah. you should consider right. <laughs> whether or not you really want to make that move. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing about Nebraska fans, too, is that their team can be terrible, and they'll still sell out that stadium every be single there. day. It's amazing. I, I, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Colorado. Oh, wait. Uh, is, is Nebraska ever going to go back to the Big 12? I'll put that as a hard maybe. That's a solid maybe. Um, I believe. Yeah. Um. Oh, wait, no, that's a different program. I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, they just seem so unhappy in the Big Ten and everyone else in the Big Ten seems so unhappy to have them there, um, except for maybe Ohio State, because that's a free <laughs> dub, um, that you feel like that bubble might burst sooner rather than later. For we'll sure. see. We'll see. Colorado, Pac-12 to Big 12. Yeah, so this is sort of an underrated I think move of realignment because um, Colorado, by the time realignment happened, Colorado's glory days in football kind of passed them by. Um, but I mean, if you, if you, 2011 was when most of this happened. If you rewound the clocks 10, 15 years, Colorado was in the top 10, top five, week in, week out. I mean, they won the national championship in 1990 for crying out loud. They had Cordell Stewart, um, Rashawn Salam, Heisman Trophy winner. They were, a traditional power them and Nebraska had some crazy games because those two teams also did not like each other an underrated rivalry that would be brought back if they both moved back to the big 12. Um, and also just from like a geography nerd annoyance uh, factor, like Colorado doesn't have a Pacific coast. What are they it doing in the pack? 12? Sure they, they are not a map, it does not. <laughs> yeah. They're not a Pacific state. Like they, you know, we, we talked about this earlier. West Virginia kind of fits in culturally with the Oklahomas and the Texases of the world. Colorado does not fit in culturally with USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford, Arizona Oregon. State. Like they don't yeah, fit in I mean, with Oregon yeah. or Washington even. Like Colorado, you think of them, you think of them kind of, to use the phrase again, sort of like a gritty hand in the dirt program, right? Mm. You feel like they would be more at home playing against Texas and Oklahoma every every week rather than Stanford and Washington. It, it That's just a move that is more of a cultural fit to me, but also just to bring back some great games like Colorado, Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska. Um, so, yeah, they're a program that gets kind of overlooked in the whole realignment shuffle. But I think they're, you know, they've sort of struggled to rekindle those glory days of the late 90s and the early 2000s they had one good year they made the alamo bowl and they got smacked by tcu i believe um but i think i really want them to go back to the big 12 i think that'd be a good move for them <laughs> for sure uh with colorado that's another school there that i can see if they get the right guy in charge at colorado that campus is beautiful. Oh yeah, and oh, if yeah. they can just like not walk down that that uh, mountain time zone and mm -hmm. honestly start pulling some recruits away from Boise State, right, <laughs> right, and, and like if they just lock down that entire area, Colorado can be competitive. Like that, yeah. Colorado isn't a place where like you'll never win. Yeah, and I think that would. I think they would be happier. In, in the Big 12, like you said, mm -hmm. bringing back those traditional rivalries and being good. I think Colorado people would love that. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone's more happy when you're good, right? I mean, like, it, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, you could definitely say they were happier in the Big 12 because they were winning 10 games every year. But like you said, they're sort of in a, they're the biggest program for miles and miles around. Like, in state, their biggest competition is Colorado State and the Air Force. Yeah, They're, like, they can, are we really Steve Adazio? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, they, they, can out, they can out recruit those guys in their sleep, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have Utah and BYU, but that's 
you know, way over in Utah and in the West distance is, it's just way bigger. Um, mm-hmm. You have Kansas and Kansas state on to the East. You, they can probably out recruit them if they try. Um, so yeah, like you said, if they could cap, if they could retake that market back from Boise, they could be something for sure. <laughs> Missouri sec to big 12. Oh boy. Yeah. This is one, uh, our mutual friend, Brandon Wheeler grew up a Kansas fan. So he has thoughts on Missouri moving from the big 12 to the sec. Um, this is one where one of the, it ruined one of the most underrated rivalries in college sports. And that's the border war between Missouri and Kansas. Um, because when both Bloody of those Kansas, teams, that's, 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 that's yeah. more than football. It's a 150 year old rivalry. Um, because and this one was less so about football because those teams are both good in football less often than they were both good in basketball. Right. Um, but when they were both good in basketball, those Frank Hafe years were fun. Oh yeah. Um, maybe a little illegal, but still fun. Maybe a little uh, illegal, but it was still, that makes it more <laughs> yeah, fun and spicy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little seasoning on it. Yeah. I mean, like you watch those two uh, games in 2012, which was Missouri's last year in the conference. Um, those were two of the most entertaining basketball games that you would ever see that was split home and home, but um, Missouri won in Columbia, Kansas won in Lawrence. Um, and it's just so funny to me that Missouri's last and maybe best season ever in the ICC and men's back or in the big 12, excuse me, in men's basketball ends with them totally blowing it in the first round to Norfolk state biggest point spread upset in tournament history. Go Spartans. And yeah. And so they absolutely leave the big 12, with a whimper and it's sort of an omen of things to come. Right. I mean, they haven't been nearly that good in the sec. Um, not even when they had, I mean, Michael Porter jr. Was injured. I get it, but you know, they, they still haven't gotten even close to being a top two seed. Um, in football though, they've been surprisingly good, yeah, which I think they've been respectable. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of people expected that, but I mean, that one's, that's what happens when you somehow get assigned to the sec East and you're in Missouri. Yeah. Um, it, it helps dodging, <laughs> dodging yeah. uh, operating of them every year. It yeah. helps. I mean, they made the SEC championship. I mean, people forget they yeah. got they got thrown out of the club by Alabama. Was, is that the Chase there. Daniel year? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Chase Daniel was when they were still in the Big Twelve, I believe. That was um, when they had Michael Sam. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That was Michael Sam, Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. I think 2013, I believe it was something like so, that. Yeah relatively early in their sec tenure i guess you could say um and so it's not like they've been just totally smacked around i mean you know they've got Drinkwitz um from app state now and you know he's got the program for now stable ish <laughs> right i mean they were i think there were 500 uh in the covid year which it's a big asterisk for everyone but you know they were respectable um but they, they they just haven't really developed anything that is at that was as fun as the Mizzou, the Mizzou Kansas rivalry. Like they don't have a rivalry with Arkansas or Tennessee, I mean, or Kentucky. And they played these teams every year. You would think something would come up. I mean, yeah, it's only it been 10 years. It sparked like that. Yeah, it just, it, it hasn't nothing's turned really into the worked. coastal yet. Which right. is, honestly, that is the most remarkable thing that the ACC just stumbled into is that the coastal is what it is and all the yeah. teams are as invested as they are. The yeah. SEC East doesn't feel like that outside of no. Georgia and South Carolina. And Florida. And Florida. Yeah. And, and you know, South Carolina's kind of fallen off in recent years. So really now it's yeah, just Georgia care. and Florida. <laughs> they yeah, care they do, a lot. They do care. They do care. That, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Missouri hasn't really... And, and, you know, again, this is very short period. This is very short term thinking, right? It's only been less than a decade since they've been in the SEC, but they just haven't developed any roots. Um, And they had roots in the Big 12. They were in one of the Big 12's predecessors, uh, the Big 8. And so really, they were a Big 12 lifer, if you want to count the Big 8 years. Um, Which we should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Big Eight or the Big Twelve. For those of you who don't know, the Big Twelve was sort of a merger between the Big Eight, which was teams like Kansas, Kansas State, Nebraska, Missouri, and the Southwest Conference, which was teams like Texas, Texas the A&M. Texas schools. Yeah, um, they also had Arkansas, but Arkansas yeah. did their own thing. Um, 
so it, it was, and that happened in 19, in the 1990s. Um, and so the Big 12 is a relatively young conference in its uh, current iteration. Um, but if you count the Big 8 and the Southwest Conference, it's a very old conference. So yeah, Missouri, they belong in the Big 12. That's where, that's where they have, that's where they had their traditions. That's where they played Kansas. And I think they should play Kansas as much as possible. Because like you said, that rivalry is more than sports. <laughs> uh, if I had to add one to your list that we're taking through, it would be Arkansas going to the Big 12. At least I for the basketball. Of, I, the basketball would yeah. be really fun. <laughs> I thought of I thought about moving Arkansas, but I I I I the only reason I didn't do that was because you know I part of the reason I did this was to sort of rekindle these old rivalries, right? And I hesitated on moving Arkansas because they had that golden boot rivalry with LSU, right? Yeah. And they had that hilarious trophy that's literally just a golden outline of Louisiana and Arkansas, and it looks like a foot. <laughs> oh, I love and, college football. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the only reason I kept them in there is because they have the golden boot with LSU. And LSU would be very sad if Arkansas left because that there goes their free win. <laughs> so let's go to the one that yeah. will never, ever, ever, ever happen. Is oh, yeah. Texas A&M going back to the Big 12. As oh, much yeah. Sense as, it, as much sense as it makes. Uh, the powers that be, um, aka the Texas admins, will no. never, never let Texas A&M back no. in the Big 12. That ship has sailed. But can you imagine like how hilarious it would be for Jimbo Fisher to be, be coaching in the Big 12? Oh, it would be I'm... so funny. It would be so funny. <laughs> like, hey, you know, not only would Texas not do this move, I don't think A&M would do this move either. A&M loves no. the SEC. They love playing Alabama every year. Who cares if they lose by two touchdowns every time? They love playing Bama. Um, yeah, this to me was one of the worst moves of realignment just from a fan's perspective. And, and you know, when I was doing research for this, I looked up the last Texas-Texas A&M game, which was the Justin Tucker uh, field goal as time expired. And for almost the entire time before the kick was actually kicked, um, the announcers were, talk were just talking about, I really hope that, you know, the ADs can figure something out and they can play this game again. The kids have no effect on this, blah, blah, blah. And everyone just seems so sad, you know, because, yeah. you know, younger college football fans, I feel so old saying that, but younger college football fans just aren't going to remember how intense Texas versus Texas A&M was. I mean, that's, that's UNC versus NC State, but times a billion. Um, especially in football. Um, but you know who uh, who is content with never playing that game again? All the old head Texas fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they, oh, yeah. they are content leaving yeah. Texas A&M and never yeah. going back to College yeah. Station ever again. Yeah. But Monty Jones, he says, never play them again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just hilarious to me that, you know, A&M forever and ever has to live with the fact that their last game against Texas for the foreseeable future was in College Station, and Justin Tucker shut up 70,000 people, and he threw up the horns while running around in midfield. And that's just hilarious to me. And uh, Shout out to know, a celebrations. Yeah. <laughs> A&M can keep trying to beat Alabama. It happened that one time, so maybe it'll happen again 10 years from now. Uh, but <laughs> that, that, that's sort of like a Sisyphus pushing his boulder up the mountain situation. <laughs> Bam is just playing on a different level. <laughs> Louisville to the SEC. Yeah, so this is one I think could actually happen. Um, just because, you know, Louisville has been great for the ACC. They had a Heisman Trophy winner. They've been very competitive in football, women's basketball, and men's basketball, and baseball. Um, in soccer, I think. I think they're being pretty decent in men's soccer, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're good at a lot of sports. Um, they have a very rich athletic department. But very again, that's that's one thing people don't talk about with Louisville enough. Their athletic department is rolling in it. Like they oh, are yeah. fine. They play in an NBA arena. Like let's just say it how it is. Um, but again, this is one where I think we could both agree they, they just haven't, despite all their success, they just haven't quite fit. You know, they they no. they don't seem like an ACC school. 
no I mean, one has K- any feelings towards yeah. Louisville, really. I mean, they're in Kentucky, for gosh sakes. I mean, Kentucky has no Atlantic coast. Yeah. They have the Ohio River, but that's not the Atlantic. <laughs> Geography. Um, and so th- this, is so- this is sort of a prove-it moment to all the Kentucky sports fans every year who, when Kentucky and Louisville play at 12 noon on a Friday afternoon, when they say that Kentucky and Louisville is the greatest rivalry in college athletics, well, prove it. Put them in the same conference. Have them play twice a year in every single sport. You know, the Commonwealth Cup, if it's that great, then just let's put these teams together. They're right next to each other. There's no reason they should be in different conferences. That's like if UNC and Duke were in different conferences. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Which very sneakily, if this happened to like if this were to happen soon, Kentucky might start beating Louisville at football. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean they were. Kentucky's anyway. good. Like Kentucky's defense is like yeah. legitimately good, and yeah, I I think that would be it would be interesting to see how that series plays itself out. Should they play each other every year? I mean, Kentucky beat Louisville in football when Louisville had Lamar Jackson. So it's yeah. not like Kentucky is just some bums. You know? Yeah, they'll, they'll get Lu- up for a game. They aren't Kansas. Yeah. They'll get up for a game. Yeah, even when Louisville was good, that was a competitive game. So, yeah, I would love to see. And also, I would I would love to see two basketball games between Kentucky and Louisville every year. That's just more exposure for the rivalry. Why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> but will it ever happen? I could see it. And, you know, someone who commented on my blog and went through piece by piece explaining to me why I'm wrong. This was like the one where he said, oh, this could happen. He he said, you know, Louisville would love it because let's just face it, there's probably more money in the SEC than there is in the ACC at this point. Just because you have bigger opponents, you have Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida. Um, But I don't know if the ACC would be willing to let Louisville go because, you know, like we said at the beginning of this segment, Louisville has brought a lot of notoriety to the ACC. They brought a Heisman Trophy winner and the Madden cover athlete to the ACC. So I don't know if the ACC would be willing to let the Cardinals go just yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Notre Dame, independent with the ACC tie-in, going to independent with the Big Ten tie-in. Yeah, so the <laughs> Notre Dame frustrates the heck out of me, man. The fact that in football, they can be sort of, eh, we don't want to affiliate ourselves with the conference. But then if, as soon as bowl season comes in, they're like, we're an ACC team. We're taking this bowl spot. That frustrates the heck out of me. And, you know, if you want to be independent, be independent, but you're going to have to earn your Fiesta Bowl spot or whatever, your New Year's Six Bowl spot as an independent. You're going to have to put your foot in the door and first your way in. And uh, the Big Ten thing, that's just more of a geographic thing, just because back when they were in the pre-ACC times and they were independent in football and a Big East for everything else, they played they played Michigan almost, almost yearly. They played Penn State. They played Indiana. Um, and those were teams that had more, I don't know, traditional dislike of Notre Dame. You know, not a lot of people like Notre Dame pretty much everyone in the ACC hates Notre Dame. So, I mean, they've got that going for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this, this is sort of one, just me doing it out of spite. I, I just want Notre Dame out of here. They never made sense to me as an ACC member. And really, they haven't really done much to justify themselves being in the ACC either. <laughs> no, they, they, it feel, I mean, it's Indiana. It, it just feels yeah. like, like a more like a big 10 school. Yeah. If they were to join the Big Ten as a full member mm-hmm. for football. One, they get to keep the Michigan rivalry. Right. I'd say if they got to keep one more out of conference rivalry, it would probably be USC. Yeah. Um, and and I think Notre Dame fans, as much as like there is the respect there with Navy, and it's like one of those mm-hmm. like we sing your alma mater, Jay Singar alma mater at the end of the game. I think they'd be fine not <laughs> playing a triple option team every year. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Think that, I think they'd be perfectly fine letting I that. I think Brian happen. Kelly would be totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, SMU 
from the American to the Big 12. Another one that I think will we'll never, ever, ever. No, happen. it will never happen. But I just kind of want to throw a surprise. super fun. Yeah, I just kind of want to throw a surprise in there. So th- this is one where um, there's a little history behind this. So SMU, <laughs> they were a Southwest Conference member up until the Southwest Conference dissolved in, I believe, 1995, I believe was the year. It was sometime in the mid-90s. Um, and when the Southwest Conference dissolved, um, I assume they had an opportunity to join the Big 12. You know, I assume those plans had been being put in place for a while before the Southwest Conference ended. Instead of that, they chose to go to the WAC. Why on earth you would choose to go from the Southwest Conference where you're playing Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech every year to the WAC um, is beyond me. Now, granted, when they made this move, the WAC had teams like Utah. Um, and uh well they had utah um <laughs> and utah's not a slouch program they're a good program they're a power yeah, five program fine. now yeah but as soon as smu joined utah bolted for the mountain west and so suddenly the WAC just becomes this totally nothing conference for years until boise state starts to do its thing but before boise state can start to do its thing smu joins conference usa which is another nothing conference um, and less than 10 years after that, they joined the American. The, the, this athletic program is desperate. They need something. They, they, they've been conference hopping ever since the Southwest Conference dissolved. Um, ironically enough, they've had more men's basketball success in the American than they've had football success, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Semi Ojale, Shake Milton, Larry Brown was their head coach. Uh, they were a good men's basketball program for a few years. Um, they've re- very recently started having more success on in football, but I think that surprisingly shame you show was not the answer. <laughs> right? Yeah. Texas fans can tell you all about him. Uh, but you know, my, my, my sort of line of thinking was if SMU wants to really start rolling in cash, they could set up annual fixtures with Texas and Texas a and or not Texas a but Texas and Texas tech and Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, uh, you know, the, Dal- people in Dallas would show up for that game. I mean, SMU is right smack dab in the middle of Dallas. That's Big 12 country through and through. So, mm-hmm. again, this is probably not one that would ever happen, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> South Carolina, SEC, coming home to their yes. one of the founding members coming back. Yes. Yeah, so the kids might not know this, but South Carolina was a founding member of the Atlantic Coast Conference back in 1953. They didn't stay for long. They left in 1971. They played as as an independent for a while, joined the Metro Conference for a little bit, then joined the SEC. Um, Yeah, this one just feels right. I mean, South Carolina, like you said, they care. They care a lot about the SEC. They've definitely assimilated well into the SEC. I mean, they had some great years under Spurrier, uh, Stephen Garcia, Connor, um, you know, all those guys, uh, Jadavion Clowney. But South Carolina Clemson, <laughs> you talk about teams that don't like each other. Those teams hate each other. Oh, yeah. And, and so, if you talk to any, like, old school ACC fan, and there are a lot of them in Chapel Hill, you know, they'll tell you about the glory days of playing South of UNC and, and South Carolina playing basketball. Um, and the way they tell it, that was as big of a rivalry as like UNC versus NC State. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go to any of the you know recent South Carolina, North Carolina football games, which I know you and I have. South Carolina fans do not like UNC. No, they don't. <laughs> they, they do they not. They really, really don't. <laughs> You know, it's all about, you know, we're the real Carolina. No, we're the real Carolina, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they outnumber us in Charlotte, which is very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but th- that's just one where, you know, we've seen firsthand, and I'm sure a lot of other people listening to this have as well. We've seen firsthand how great and electric this rivalry can be if it's played regularly. Um, and it's it's just dumb that UNC and South Carolina have to keep you know scheduling 10 years 15 years in advance to just play each other once or twice in football um there's so much (laughs) there's so much vitriol there that's waiting to be capitalized on that it it, and and, you know to say nothing of 
South Carolina and Clemson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that- for, for those who want like some context for South Carolina and Clemson, imagine that Clemson University wasn't called Clemson and instead it was called South Carolina A and M. Yeah, then <laughs> that yeah. that's what that rivalry is. I mean, th- before the 2020 game was canceled, they had played for 111 straight years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 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 that's just something you don't see in college football. College football is not that old. <laughs> that's like european soccer type numbers yeah. uh that's a derby <laughs> yeah, that's a derby or whatever um so yeah south carolina and the acc i would love to see it i don't know if south carolina would love to see it but i would like dabo with sweeney would also love to see it <laughs> oh yeah i think so to quote dabo the real carolinas in chapel hill and usc's in in california <laughs> so last one just for fun Hawaii, Mountain West, yes. Pac-12. <laughs> Make it happen, Pac-12. Hawaii is all Pacific Coast. There's nothing else there. They are, their state is a Pacific Coast. Like, I mean, they they, they play in the Mountain, uh, yeah, they play in the Mountain West for football and they're, well, West, uh, they're whack for everything else. So, I mean, they're already traveling a lot. Just make it happen. I want to see Hawaii play USC. Make it regular. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael, this was super fun. Do you have any closing thoughts about conference realignment? Yeah, I will say this. Uh, One thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about Mizzou is that maybe this is a glimmer of hope, but Mizzou's wrestling program is now competing in the Big 12. Starting next year, they'll be competing in Big 12. So I'm just saying, maybe it could happen. Maybe it could. Maybe, Maybe it, could. it could. Michael, thank you so much for joining me as we find some fill-in content for the <laughs> podcast. Uh, where for can sure, the man. people find you? I'm going to link to um, this blog in the show notes for this podcast and retweet yeah. it um, from the from the podcast Twitter so y'all can find it. But sure. where can the people find you on the internet? For sure. Uh, so uh, you can find me on Twitter. Find my rambling thoughts at Michael Coe, 1995, uh, on YouTube. Uh, I actually have two channels on YouTube. I only use one. They're both called Michael Coe, but the one with the purple M is the one that I currently use. I po- I've i made some stuff for YouTube about a certain college basketball program in Spokane. You can watch it if you want. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, my blog has some more uh, deets and stuff like that as well but yeah that's where i'm most active awesome check them out and we will talk to y'all at an unspecified time in the future (laughs) 